Hey y'all, it's your girl Savvy Speaks and I'm back with another episode. So, uh, it's been a minute since we recorded because uh, last week uh, I went to the BCF conference. Or well, if you don't know what BCF is, it's uh, Bethel Campus Fellowship and it's a non-denominational organization where college students from like everywhere come together and just like worship god for like three days so if you hear my voice it's hoarse for that for that reason Uh, i've been singing and since then i've been singing and worshiping and like god has been slaying my schoolmates and i in the spirit so please uh yeah don't, don't, don't let it stop you but um yeah so let's kind of get into it so the weather for today the forecast it's high the high is 57 the low is 37 and the weather is 55 but it is hot over here under the sun so in today's episode we're gonna soak in some vitamin d on a very very special topic and it deals with culture it deals with race and it also deals with just like relationships so um definitely it's a safe space and so just know like you know we're gonna get some different perspectives so if it's something that you're not used to um i definitely invite you to have an open mind to this um because we're all learning so today i have a friend and i'm gonna have her introduce herself hey guys so my name is abigail i'm a freshman here at berea college in kentucky um i came here to study psychology and child and family studies because i am really interested in just the dynamic between people and how relationships work um, but yeah, I came from Ohio. I lived on the coast for a while down in North Carolina, and I'm really loving it here in Kentucky with my friends and all these great people that I've gotten to meet. Awesome sauce. So I don't, I don't even remember, how did we meet? Like, Oh man, I don't know. I probably showed up to one of our events at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, um, maybe through InterVarsity or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. I remember you always came to the fireside room, and then yes. I was like, who's it? Ah, and you confused me for Ore. <laughs> Oh, Ore is one of our Nigerian friends, and like every time she saw me, she would say, "Hey, Ore," and I'm like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on." Listen, in my defense, I just met all these new people, and there were so many names floating around. <laughs> That's so true. I think after that, um, I don't know if it was BCF that brought us together at university, but I know we started like really hanging out after that. And I was like, "Wow, this this chick is cool." <laughs> Plus, she speaks my love language. So, <laughs> access service, baby. <laughs> okay, no, seriously. I think that's one of the main things that drew me towards you because you were just like, "What do you need? Let me do this. Let me do this." And I'm just like, "Hold up! First of all, I like what you're doing. Keep 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 it coming." <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's that's definitely how we met. Yeah, but, um, yeah. it was a good start to the year for sure. It was a really great start. Um, so, like we mentioned, today's topic is around culturing, but culturing, lol, it's around cultures and like um, church and race, but like to define it, it's really about church culture. And so, like, just to give a bit of background, um, so I'm African. I've been in America almost my whole life, but I've always attended, like, an African church. So I went to a, what is it called? Assemblies of God Church. So the church I've been to is called Jesus Power Assemblies of God, and I've been to a Pentecostal church. And so I'm very much used to the style of, like, loud preaching and, like, every now and then the Holy Spirit breaking out and um just pretty much that like the loud worship and like i don't know africans whenever we praise and worship we we sing we dance it's energetic it's it's very vibrant it's very hard to sleep in church unless it's during the preaching sorry pastor but (laughs) it's very energetic and so that's what i'm used to and um yeah i've been to a catholic church the first time i ever went to a catholic church i'm not gonna lie to you i slept i slept because it was just so like i don't know it was quiet and they did a lot of the standing up sitting down and i wasn't used to that and i so i'm not gonna lie sorry to my catholics out there but my first time in a catholic church i it, it wasn't it i i'm not 
opposed to trying other Catholic churches. But yeah, that was my experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am a white American. I grew up, like I said, Ohio, but then also down in the coast of North Carolina. And while I was down there, I was um, I always went to Southern Baptist churches. I definitely moved a lot. I was a military kid, so I never really stuck with one church for a long time. But wherever I went, it was a Southern Baptist church. And that was a very like, um, you know, you dress up nice, you sit down, you're quiet and you listen. And it's kind of it was just it felt I didn't really it didn't connect with me for some reason, I think because I am like very energetic and loud. So it wasn't like the greatest way for me to connect to God. Um, And then when I got to high school, I started going to like retreats and revivals. And that was kind of a shock for me because it was all these young people being loud and being excited for God. Uh, But because I had never experienced that in church, which is where I kind of had this idea of where God was supposed to be, like I was kind of putting him in a box. um, It was just a very interesting experience for me, one that took some adjustment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then I came here to Berea and I started going to a Pentecostal church for a little while. I jumped around. And I realized that there are so many ways to worship God way beyond everything that I had experienced growing up. And it's just been very dynamic. Yeah. Have you heard of the the denomination that they have like snakes? I don't think so. Bro, I'm telling you, Pentecostal and like (laughs) where I was raised versus Pentecostal in Kentucky are like two different things. Mm. So whenever I came, like I heard that like Pentecostals here, like, and I realized it has a lot to do with race because it was like the white ladies with the long hair and then the long skirts mm. and they, they, they braid their hair a certain way. And I heard something about snakes. Um, going back to like Paul in the Bible, whenever he had a snake and the snake bit him and he just kept going. A lot of churches have like a culture around that where they would bring snakes. And I don't know. That was um, the first time I ever heard of Pentecostal. There are no like snakes that. in my church. Facts. <laughs> So, I don't know. I just feel like it's very, very different when it comes to culture-wise. Because in my church, like, we dress. Like, we, we, we dress nice. We slay. You know, it doesn't have to be the long skirt thing. It doesn't have to be the long hair. For the most part, Africans, we always braid our hair or do something to it. So, that was my first time hearing that. Hmm. Yeah, we always dress up nice. It was mostly um, dresses, especially if you were a young woman. If you were an older lady, you know, sometimes they had the nice slacks and the blouses. And the men were always wearing suits. Like, men in jeans at church was not a thing really? until, I think I, until I came to Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. I had just never seen it. It just wasn't, like, as accepted down there. I'm not sure why, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can praise Jesus in jeans. But... Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So this was the Pentecostal church? Yes, yeah. Wow. Did Does the stereotype carry over in there, like, with the long hair, long skirts? Um, I think so. I haven't really, not going to lie, I haven't paid too much attention okay. just because it's like meeting all these people all at once. And um, I think I did notice the first day there, I was like, okay, these people are dressed different. And um, But I was also just adapting to the atmosphere. So I didn't have a lot of time to like absorb all of those things. Yeah. Okay, that's really, really cool. So I guess my first question to you is like, so, okay, so earlier in the show, I just mentioned that we went to a BCF conference, and although it's, like, multicultural, it's, it was founded by Nigerians, and so if you go, the general consensus is Africans and African Americans, and so you were one of the, like, you know, the few white people mm-hmm. that were there, so <laughs> how <laughs> were you? <laughs> you? I know you counted. Oh, yeah, there was five. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, like, bro, there's, like, a thousand, like, 300, 400 people there, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, especially because um I had gotten a little bit of prep from from our BCF family here at Berea about how, you know, worship and praise was gonna be different and how um a lot of people there were, were African and yeah. African American and I was like, Yeah, okay, like I'm super good at diversity, like I'm chill, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna feel any type of way. And then I got there and I was like, This is just so like unfamiliar to yeah. me. Like this is uncharted water and yeah. I know that like theoretically I should feel fine and I shouldn't feel any different mm-hmm. um but I think that there was a little bit of shock to myself of how I did notice it and I yeah. did really like 
unfortunately pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I took that in. I remember um, we walked into the dining hall and with our food and there was, it was so busy. I didn't think we were all going to get to sit together. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to meet new people. And not going to lie, I was looking around and I was like, are there any white people in here? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I was like, that's a terrible thing to think. I would go, why are you doing that? And I was like, it's just because it's comfort. It's yeah. what you're used to. Yeah. And um, there wasn't. It was just me and a friend here from Berea. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? It's fine. We're going to go into this. We're going to be welcoming and comforting. And, yeah. and, you know. and it was it was great. I don't know why I had all those thoughts and feelings because everybody there was so full yeah. of love. Like, yeah. It really no, but that's matter. natural, though, because like. And for for a lot of black people, it's like we congregate whenever we can meet each other, regardless of like our different personalities. Because when you're in a space of like people who are not like you, you just tend to go to what's closer to you. So I don't blame you at all for like how you felt. Like it's it just it's interesting hearing the other side of things because we do this all the time. Like especially if you go to PWI, it's just like I find the closest thing that's like like that's like mm-hmm. me and so like even walking on campus you can tell that like my closest friends were all like african <laughs> girls that were raised in the church and it's it, it's it's interesting to hear that from that point of view so yeah i think there's a sense of ease too because when somebody has um either grown up in conditions similar to you or has that same like background as you you don't have to explain kind of the nuances of the culture because right. they kind of just get it so i think that it creates that kind of like ease of access and mm-hmm. that lack of having to explain right. which you know it isn't a big deal to explain things i mean mm-hmm. you just gravitate towards what is easiest yeah. you know yeah. have you ever like did it ever make you feel any type of way whenever let's say someone says something you didn't understand and you're just like oh what does that mean um, a little bit. Sometimes I was a little embarrassed to ask because I was like, dang, I didn't get the joke. And maybe I'm the only person who didn't get the joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was this one, maybe Uncle George, I can't remember. Somebody was uh, teaching and he had a really heavy accent. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was just, I would look to the person next to me, one of my friends, and look to my other friend. And I'd be like, guys, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, definitely. So I, th- I, I don't even remember his name. It was, it was a different pastor. But like, I don't even want you to feel bad because I was sitting next to Danielle <laughs> and we're both Ganyan. And so he would say some things, and we're looking at each other like, what? <laughs> like, although we're all West African, like, Nigeria, and this is the thing that Ghanaians and Nigerians do, we always make fun of each other's accents. So, like, the word bus, B-U-S, Nigerians say that Ghanaians say bass. Like, because our accent is a little more, it's a little more slate, it's a little more sway. So you'd be like, oh, I'm going to catch the bass. And that's how they make fun of us. But they have such a strong accent, they say boss. So we're like, oh, you're going to go and catch the boss. Like, so... Even, like, though we're all African and West African, sometimes we still don't even understand each other in that mm-hmm. sense. So, totally understand. We, we, we were doing the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. It was interesting, for sure. I, like, regardless of all those things, and, and, you know, like, after that first day, regardless, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not even thinking about yeah. it at this point. I was just too involved in what was going on, yeah. to, to listening and learning, and, you know, we get it later into, like, deliverance and all that. Yeah. Like, I was, my mind was busy. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I think it just helps a lot. But okay, so you said like you got to experience, I guess, a different, like even like deliverance, but like, I guess in the cultural setting, what was different in the church aspect than what you're used to? So at the at the BCF conference? Yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing that I noticed was that when people went, were praising and worshiping and singing, um, that there was this like genuine heart to it because mm. like growing up in a southern baptist church it's not that we weren't like we genuinely meant the praise but we didn't outwardly show it yeah and then like at those retreats and revivals it was very much just like what you would expect culturally a teenager to do mm. kind of like that rave dance yeah. you know you're jumping up and down but this at bcf was different it wasn't just jumping up and down it was it was dancing it was twirling laying on the ground like raising your hands in in the way that made the most sense to you and i just like that was beautiful to me to not have to conform to anything Mm -hmm. i like that yeah i like that too i I think that's one thing i love about like 
we're just loud. Like, we're, the thing is, like, we don't care who sees us. And, like, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a more American thing to be more modest. So, like, whenever you're in church, you don't want to do too much. You don't want to draw too much attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, the culture of, like, people whenever you're in the church. And so, like, I remember, and I tell the story all the time about how, like, even in my church, there was a time where, like, we're all stiff. <laughs> and so it's, like, God is telling me, like, you know, in my mind, I'm, like, jumping around. I'm screaming. I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. But my body is stiff. And even if I were to raise my hand, I'm looking to my left and to my right, like, oh, my gosh, who's going to look at me? They're going to think I'm weird for raising my hand. And, like... It wasn't until I came to college and attended um, River of Life, which is a four-square church, and it's predominantly white. It wasn't until I went to that church that, like, I saw, I remember I saw, um, like, she had to be younger than 10 years old. We were worshiping, and she, like, this little girl just lifted up her hands in worship, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, a little kid? Like, Mm -hmm. you have the liberty to actually just, like, raise your hand? So, like being at that church taught me to be more open and more free with my worship mm-hmm. and not really care about what anyone else was thinking because my mindset is like if i raise my hand somebody's gonna think oh she's doing too much oh who does she think she is but after that when i went back home like i would raise my hands like nobody's business mm-hmm. i take off my heels i go on my <laughs> knees and i'm like i don't care what anyone thinks of me but it wasn't like that until i went to a white church so i find it interesting in that sense but i would definitely say like african churches are more louder we're very flamboyant we're very much like out there with our praise and worship because then it's just like i don't know my mindset is like no one else was there when i was crying on the floor like crying out to god so if i can do that in my private worship i also want to represent that in my public worship if you don't understand that's on you mm-hmm. but i just it's like i love you I, but, but i don't, I don't care, care what, what you, you think. think yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like that word free. That really jumped out at me because it did feel like like I wasn't being chained to anything. Like I didn't have to fit into the expectation of like what a church in air quotes, like what that was and what that meant. Um, And another thing that I really, really enjoyed was that um, at BCF conference with the dancing and the singing, sometimes you would see like a group of people dancing and it all matched. But it was because they were like, like working together to express their love. But then at the same time, two feet to the left, there could be this person doing completely their own (laughs) thing. And it's like nobody's staring or pointing fingers or like wondering what's going on because they're all too involved in their own like posture of worship for God. And I really, really love that. And I think that that's also like a big difference. At my old church, we had a saying, um, something about getting out of pews like getting out of lines and into yeah. circles and i'm like that is a really important thing because when you're in pews you know you have to think okay the person to the left to me the person to the right yeah. to me like where am i spatially but when you are in circles or just you know yeah. not in that row it gives you that freedom oh my gosh so much free- what bro <laughs> last time i went to church at my house I'm at my home church i'm like now i'm more like open so i like use my hands and stuff Girl, I really, I have to get out of the pews to do that because mm-hmm. I was in the row and I looked at my hands and I ended up smacking someone in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, like I have to, I, I can't, I can't stay in one area. I gotta, I gotta come out into the aisles yep. or something. Yeah. Where we went uh, last Sunday down in uh, Richmond, I did the same thing. I went yeah. to the back and I was already in the kind of like the last row, but I just went behind the line of chairs yeah. so I could just spread my arms, however, and not block somebody's view yeah. or, you know, block them in the face like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so sad, but like you're just worshiping and your eyes are going out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me put your hair back in place. Like, yeah. man. Okay. So what else did you experience about like, I guess, the way things were taught or like, um, I guess the, even the way things were received by the um, congregation. Yeah, another thing I noticed was definitely the how things were presented very literally. Um, like there were metaphors used sometimes and, and things like that. But for the most part, it wasn't catering towards people's emotions. It mm-hmm. was, this is the word of God. This is what it is. And, you know, like if you have trouble with that, come talk to me and we can work through that. But like this is what it says. Yeah. And 
I really enjoyed that because I was like, okay, like you can't you can't argue with the word of God, yeah. you know? You can argue with each other about how how you say those words. Yes. But God said one thing and that's the answer. Mm. So I really really liked that part of it. Girl, you preach it right now because <laughs> it's the it's the not regarding people's emotions, which is like that's the way I was raised and so I realized that even when I communicate, I'm a little bit more straightforward. But like being in Berea, it's taught me to be more like cater to people's emotions more. But like it's funny because Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Mm. Oh. Well, it's like, it's kind of like when you say things and cater them to, to people's emotions, they get the chance to kind of say, well, I didn't exactly feel that way. So maybe this isn't wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's not right. Whereas when it's spoken directly and truth, it's either conviction yes. or, or, okay, I've got this. Like, I'm doing yeah. the right thing. Let that be, you know, reflected. Yeah. But Oh, my gosh. Most definitely. I think there are moments where I've been in, like, a church that's, like, predominantly white and, like emotions are flowing and like in the very beginning when i was into it i was like why y'all crying like (laughs) the main thing that was going through my mind is like we're singing a song like what are these emotions like why are people crying whenever they're just saying god loves you like for us it's just god loves you and you just know it within your heart but like it at first i looked at it as in like oh y'all are so sensitive Mm. oh y'all are too emotional like what's going on but then over time as i like been in the church and i understand the way that like different cultures embrace god sometimes i would cry and i'm like oh no i'm getting soft no Mm -hmm. but it's just understanding the emotion behind it because we didn't get raised with the emotion of it we just got the straight straight up word and so whether it's whether you feel good about it whether you feel bad about it it's the word but then i'm 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 now in this space where it's like i actually what i i do feel good about this word because even though it is it is what it is like I feel a certain way about it. And so I think, like, one thing I loved about being in, like, like a predominantly white church is that it allowed me to, like, it allowed my faith and my emotions to, like, come together. So it's not like this is the word. Whether whether I feel good about it or not, it is what it is. But it's more so, like, it is good, and it makes me feel good as well. Yeah. yeah. Kind of on the reverse side of that, too, for me, when I went to, to the African kind of environment of worship, right. to, to BCF, and then also to one of our friends' churches a couple yeah. months ago, it was kind of, I didn't have to to stay in that thinking of, oh, does this really apply to me? Or, you know, does this really, do I fit these characteristics? It was like, hey, God loves you. And I was like, me? And they were like, yeah, you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, this feels so good to my heart to not have mm-hmm. to sort through all that and to, to go through all the fluff, really. Yeah, the fluff. I really feel like, and I feel like the words that I was trying to, like, um, trying to make sense of it, I feel like, like in the African church, we focus more on like the religion of things, and then in the white church, we focus more on the relationship of things. And so, like with religion, there's like no denying religion; like it is what it is. And then there's a relationship which you can feel two ways about it. So there's more liberty in the white church to like feel like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, so nah. Or yeah, oh my gosh, pastor, that was so good. You're speaking right into my life. But in the African church, whether you like it or not, or whether it's your season or not, like mm-hmm. that's just the word of God. Mm-hmm. So definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I loved how we were all kind of hyping up the teachers and the preachers whenever they would say something and there were times i was like why are we hyping it up like this is just what the bible says you know why are we getting so emotional about it but i was like at the same time like knowing that there is a lot of weight to what the bible says i'm like okay that part i get i get why we feel you know those strong emotions tied to it i really enjoyed that oh my god yeah and you know what i noticed is like the next day when we when we came back and we were in class anytime the teacher would say a fact i was like "Mm -hmm." yeah (laughs) like "Mm -hmm." right there that's a word two plus two is four Mm, no facts i realize that it's so funny like that we do this a lot just hyping people up for like the most simplest things because i remember one of the like the the preacher had said something and the whole section goes 
Mm. And we, our sexualists, and I'm like, what do y'all mm, like? Yeah. What experience do you guys? Oh have? my like, gosh! Mm. And it can get it can get extensive, but it, I don't know. I, I I love it because it's like when you're on the other side of things and you're preaching, you want feedback. Like sometimes, like I be up there and I'm like talking, and like people are staring back at me. I'm like, oh no, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like y'all not giving me anything to work with. Like I need your emotion. I need your feedback. I need your attention to know that like yeah. what I'm saying is good. Is, is it making and, sense? Is it clicking with right, you? Right, exactly. And so I really like that. And I, I was thinking about that in church today because even though it's a PWI, we, we do have black people in the church and it's it's very like, it doesn't make you, well for me, I don't feel black in the church. Like I just feel like I'm a person coming to church. Mm-hmm. And so like there's another older lady who whenever the pastor says something she was like, yes pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, well. And I'm like <laughs> I love this. The fact, and either other white people are saying that too. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily a race thing or if it's a culture thing, but I'm just like, I love it when people can feel free to like encourage on the pastor, preach pastor. Yeah, I'm preaching. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think kind of what you said about how the African church focuses, not focuses, but kind of aligns more with like what religion is. Yeah. Um, I think that adding those little things add that relationship dynamic. Yeah. Like mm, that really hits with me. That's yeah. the relationship part of that. Definitely. So I, I, I wonder like, how can we reach this balance of religion versus relationship? Cause I'm, I'm really, Sometimes I used to struggle with, like, the relationship aspect of things because, like, i just been always taught that God is the Father. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. servant. And so whenever he tells me to do something, don't question it, just do it. But that aligns a lot with African culture that, like, you know, when your parents tell you to do something, you don't ask why. You just do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the same mindset that I took into my relationship with God where it's, like, God told me to go and pray for this person. And, like, I'm struggling within myself because I don't want to. But I'm like, okay, but he said it, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Versus now that I've learned more of a relationship with God, I can have a conversation with him about it. And I'm like, okay, God, like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, I'm giving you the confidence. And so now we're talking back and forth. And even if I ask him why, he like, he could still tell me, like, you know, you don't need to know. But yeah. there's, there's more of that um, relationship aspect to it. Yeah, I think that maybe sometimes there's too much of a an attempt to make religious synonymous with like rules mm-hmm. like somebody asked me the other day they were like are you religious and i was like uh, i'm a christian i love i love god like he's my father he's my friend and she just kind of looked at me and she's like oh so you're like not religious and i'm like <laughs> well i have a religion like i'm a christian right and i was like i don't know how to explain this in a way that like doesn't scare scare you into thinking like christianity is just like following specific rules because yeah. you have to really think that like even if they even if you do want to call it rules it's a it's a perfect plan for your life that is mm. meant to like you know that verse that's like give you a hope in a future yeah. you have been like designed there are certain things that are designed to get you to that to that future to that hope and i'm like it's not necessarily just rules for the sake of rules yeah. it's rules because he loves you and it's it's ideas and constructs that are meant to help you live and thrive in this world mm. and then beyond you know come on you preach it girl keep preaching keep preaching <laughs> mm. that is that is so good so like i guess okay so would you say that the way that you were taught like Christianity in the church, it stems from a relationship and then you get that religion aspect later. Hmm. I'm not I'm not really sure because on the one hand I grew up with that song like Jesus loves me, this I know. And right. so that kind of points to that relationship. But I also, you know, I have my weekly quiz on the Ten Commandments and it was like, Did you lie this week? You better go repent for lying. Okay. And on the one hand, yes, like you need to repent for your sins, but it was also almost as if I was kind of made to feel like I wasn't Christianing right. Right. If I wasn't like doing everything exactly as it you know was written out and um that was a little bit harmful because then whenever I would mess up or I would slip up make a mistake later I was like oh man am I really a Christian does God really love me because Mm -hmm. I messed up and I didn't understand that like repentance and forgiveness is from God's hearts of love not just because it's the 
the answer to your problem, if that right. makes sense. So I'm not really sure whether I grew up in more of that, like, religious or relationship. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of an interesting question. Mm. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I'm thinking because I had a, I was having a conversation with my friend earlier this week, and I kept saying, as a Christian, you should do this, and as a Christian, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, that, mind you, I'm raised in the church, and then she's someone who, um, you know, wasn't raised in the church but came to Christ later, and so um, she was asking me like, why do you always say as a Christian, as a Christian? And I'm like, because like you know, in life, there's just things that you do and don't do as a Christian, and yeah. um, mind you, like my background because it's more religious, I, a lot of things that I do or grew up doing was because the bible said so like even yeah. in the song jesus loves me like you could be singing that because you're like oh my gosh jesus loves me but for me my thing is i'm following it because at the end it says because the bible said <laughs> so, 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 yeah. so it's like you focus on the religious the relationship aspect i focus on the religion aspects and she pointed that out to me like there were many times that I spoke and it didn't seem like it was because I love Jesus and that's why I'm doing this. It was more so because it's the right thing to do or because I'm being told to do so. And so I'm being challenged to like seek the relationship in my religion. So not necessarily throw my religion out the window, but it's like, why am I doing this besides the fact that I was told to do so? Yeah, I think a part of that maybe also is just the wording of that. Because if I say the same thing you said, you said, um, because I'm a Christian, I, if I rephrase that and I say that in my language and I say, because I love God and God loves me and I want to, and I want to respect like his plans yeah. for me, it's, we're saying the same thing. Christian is just a follower of Christ. Yeah. But I think that Christian kind of has this connotation to it of religion. Whereas yeah. if, I, if I say like, because I love God and I want to honor his plan for me, that like kind of points to more of that relationship. Yeah. So I think it really depends on like, what are you more comfortable with when you're learning about christ Mm. and what parts do you need to develop right what would you say your motivation is whenever like you're like seeking and pursuing a relationship with christ um like just between me and god yeah hmm i think getting to a point where we are connected to the point where like if i think that something is a word from god that it's not i think it is that i'm sure it is to the point where i'm like okay god this is me talking to you this is me listening to you Mm. this is me understanding Um, If this is like a temptation from the world or if this is something you have planned and you know I don't always get it right, but I think that growing closer in that relationship means getting better at communicating. Yeah Mm, That's deep (laughs) That's interesting. I think I I definitely want to do more exploring on my part just because I often find that like in life Regardless of religion or whatever, I'm a busybody Mm. and so I always have to have something going on for myself and like I feel like there are moments where God is like rest sit down (laughs) like chill and it sucks so much that it's it's poured over into my quiet time to where like i'm like okay god what what are we doing today and he's just like sit and like let's meditate let's talk let me Mm -hmm. speak to you like i want no music no nothing and like as soon as it's quiet i'm like oh shoot i have to send this email oh shoot i have to do this or like oh god tell me to do something or even if we're worshiping in a larger group and god is like just pray my mind is like let me go pray for that person let me go touch this person and like it's it Mm -hmm. sucks because that like i guess religion aspect kind of like pours over into my relationship where i'm always thinking about serving someone else mm-hmm. and always thinking about like um just doing something when god is like just be so like for example we went to the asbury revival like yeah. three weeks ago on sunday and it wasn't it wasn't what i thought a revival was because in my mind what i always saw a revival was was like people screaming for jesus I look in the back of my mind. I was like, "Were those the trumpets?" <laughs> in the back of my mind, I do that all the time. There's a car going by. Yes. So, like my my idea of a revival is like it's it, people are getting prayed for, people are getting delivered, and people are coming to Christ and the saving grace and all that stuff. But then when I went to Asbury, it was more so a chapel, 
and we all sit down and we sing and like the presence of God is there but you're not doing anything like like for me when I was there I sat down and I was just like like this is mm-hmm. peaceful mm-hmm. and I was like but where are the, like where are the people laying hands and where are the but it's so interesting because I struggled so much just sitting there because like I'm just like God I feel like I should be doing something but the thing is mind you I'm already connecting with God and I'm he's giving me visions of of like me climbing higher to him and reaching this you know all these things mm-hmm. and I just I was like, maybe I should go to the altar. Okay, maybe I should come in. Maybe somebody should lay hands on me. Maybe I should lay some hands on me. And God is just, he kept saying, just be. And I'm like, okay. Maybe I should read the Bible. He's like, just be. I need to use the restroom. And so I would go to the restroom and I came back. And there was a time I went to the restroom and I heard this student um, talking to somebody. And she was saying, yeah, this revival started on Wednesday. And since then, we've just been worshiping. And it's so sweet because it's, it's, um, it's so peaceful that you just sit and just be. And when she oh, said that, wow. I was like, wow, God, confirmation. You don't want me to do anything. You just want me to just be. So that was, it was so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do I just sit there and sing? But when I was able to embrace that, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like we sat there for like th- almost three, four hours just singing. Mm-hmm. And like the presence of God was there. Like he ended up taking me to a place that like, I don't even know what, I can't even describe my experience. I was just sitting there. And I couldn't feel my hands. And I couldn't feel my feet. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> like, I almost, like, disappeared. But his presence was still there. It was more of the peaceful than the than the loud that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So. That's one thing I'm really working on, is just learning to, to be still, but not because I think I have to be. Mm. To just be still to experience that time. And, you know, here at Berea, you know, we got the Berea busy. Sometimes I really don't have time. I'm running from, from class to class. And one realization I think I made, like, I don't know, two weeks ago is that, uh, when I want to talk to my mom, because I really love my mom and I care about my mom, is, you know, sometimes I'll call her as I'm walking in between classes, because I've got five, ten minutes, yeah. or I'll be like, hey mom, I can't stay, but I want to check in and say, hey, I love you, and I was like, I can do that with God too, if yeah. I want that same level of intimacy, I can be walking to class and just, hey God, this is this is what's going on, and you know, I can I have a little strength here, mm-hmm. and also da 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 and you know, I can have that same level yeah. of connection, and it's not, it doesn't feel super restful in the moment because yeah. I'm busy, you know, worldly wise. Yeah. Um, but I know that later when I go to, to sit down and talk to God, I will already have felt like I've maintained that connection throughout yeah. the day. Like I haven't just reserved a certain two hour block yeah. for him, you know, because yeah. sometimes I get to, I get to BCF and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like, to be here and worship and pour out into this group so we can all work together. And I'm like, but if I haven't been letting God pour into me all yeah. day, I'm not going to have anything to pour out. Right. So No, that's fact. I like that you said that because I remember we were talking about how, like, we pretend we're on the phone when we're actually yes. talking to God. I do that all the time. What? I got my phone to my ear. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm talking. I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to leave. I got to leave a little space. <laughs> <laughs> Make it seem like somebody's talking back. No, I used to do that all the time freshman year because that's one thing that college taught me because I used to always do like the blog thing like okay God I have to spend 30 minutes with you now and then I run the rest of my day Mm -hmm. and then I embrace you at the end but like college really taught me that like I'm with God like throughout the day he's with me so I'm walking to class and I'm like okay God so this this and 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 I'm like this looks weird if I'm talking to myself so let me put my phone to my ear Mm -hmm. let me put in my airpod and I remember during COVID uh, I remember I this is a season I was praying in tongues a lot and I was just like if I walk around praying in tongues I'm gonna sound so yeah. weird and everybody had a mask on but I was like yo I'm African so they think they probably think I'm speaking a different language so I'm walking around <laughs> like, yo that's so funny yeah. yeah I I totally 
I love that. Just the the finding ways to connect even when you don't think you have time. One of the the girls that we went to conference with, I got really close to her over conference and we have an 8 a.m. together. And so one thing that we do now whenever we have our 8 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday is she comes over and we give each other a really big hug and we say a real quick prayer. Not enough to like distract or anything, just to kind of set the mood for the day. Because if it's 8 a.m., I'm sure I woke up like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're both sleepy and we just big hug and dear Lord, like bless this class, bless our day. You know, we love you. Thank you so much for getting us up this morning. And then, you know, we go to class and we yeah. study and it's just really good to like, to be able to go into that with God on our, with yeah. God feeling like he's next to us, you yeah. know? That's so sweet. So you also went to Asbury too, though, right? Yeah, I've been to Asbury twice now. I went, um, one day when there was like 3,000 people there, Sheesh. um, one of the first weeks. And then I went for the National Collegiate Day of Prayer right. just last Thursday. Wow. How was your experience like both times? So the first time when there were 3,000 people there, um, <laughs> emphasis on 3,000. <laughs> yes, because Rome. I was so, I was like, this is bigger than my school. Yeah. You know? Um, and so kind of like you said, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a revival to me. And I think that maybe I focused too much on that. And yeah. our whole group kind of did, uh, the people I came with, we split into two groups. And I heard later that the other group had a really great time. Our group just, we didn't feel comfortable. And so we didn't really get any sense of, revival or renewal because we didn't have the heart posture for that right um so that was really not not like frustrating not necessarily disappointing but it was kind of like dang i really didn't get out of this what i wanted to get out of this and then you know that kind of made me think well did i come with expectations and did those expectations limit my my opportunities Mm. um so if we're being completely honest the first time it wasn't i didn't really feel comfortable yeah um the next time when we went for the national collegiate day of prayer it overlapped with the the revival going on so there still were a lot of people there um but this time it was more focused and i was like okay you know what i don't care what the expectation is for what's going on i am here to pray i'm here to pray for the campuses across america like i'm here on a mission and i was like regardless of what's going on this is what i'm gonna do this is between me and god and going in with that you know, this is just to connect with God definitely gave me the opportunity to feel comfortable in that space. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it that time. Wow. I really love the fact that you emphasize like going into the revival with expectations. It's funny because most people from the outside are like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Anybody who goes is just going to go and be filled and mm. leave. And, ah. <laughs> but it's like in the reality of things, like people have their personal experiences because like, just like you, I went in with my expectations. I'm thinking it's going to be loud. I'm thinking it's going to yeah. be this. But then it's just like when you put God in a box like that and he doesn't look like the box, mm-hmm. then you start to think that your experience is less than. But it's like, it's just, that's just not what it is. For sure. And so I think it, it was just amazing that you mentioned that like, like, you just have to go open-minded into mm-hmm. things like that and know that God is limitless. So, even though I'm used to the God of power and God mm. of... It, it was more like, this is so peaceful. Yeah, he's also the God of rest and yes. of comfort. And, mm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was so harmonious. Like, there was, I, I, when, whenever people were asking me how my experience was, I just kept saying it was so peaceful. Like, that was, like, the main thing I could say because there was a moment where, like, we sat closer to the front, middle-ish section and... We were singing, and whenever we were singing, I couldn't even hear myself because everybody was singing. So my voice felt like one drop in a large ocean, and it felt like a wave of, like, I don't know, just beautiful, peaceful music. And there was one girl that was sitting, like, behind me. Oh, she was killing it. Mm. She was, oh, I said, get her on the stage. Her (laughs) ad-libs were beautiful, but, like, just listening to her voice also made me worship God for her. Like, I was kind of getting stuck in it. I was like, God... Her voice sounds too good, but like God help me because I'm 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 just idolizing her voice and God was like no like 
I gave her that voice so that you can give me glory for that voice. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, so I can be grateful for her voice, but know that it's God that gave her that voice. And I feel like there's oftentimes where we do this a lot where we give glory to the singer instead of God who gave them that gift. Yeah. And so that, that that's something that we kind of struggle with as huge people. Yeah, I noticed that at conference too. Sometimes I'd be like, Wow. And for me, it was less, I love the way they sing the song. It was a lot of, oh, they, they know this song so well. And I just, um, and a lot of it was songs that I hadn't heard before, yeah. again, because of that cultural difference. And just like, that's not what I grew up with. And so there were times where I would just feel like, oh man, God, I wish I could praise you, but I don't know the words. Yeah. And he was like, you silly goose. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think you have to know the words? Yeah. And, you know, being able to, to go into that and just pray the words, praise with the words on my heart yeah. was once I got to the point where I felt comfortable doing that and not just following along with exactly the pattern yeah. of the song too. Um, Cause there's a lot of comfort when everybody matches, yeah. but I had to get comfortable in having my own voice too. That's so true. I think that's something I'm still learning a lot because there are moments where there, there'll be times where I'm praying and I'm like, God, I want to worship you in any setting. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bet. And so he puts me some like in a place where I don't know none of the lyrics mm-hmm. and like the way they're singing the songs that I probably do know, they're not singing it the way I know mm-hmm. it. And it's just like, god this is not what i'm used to and he's just like well yeah you know but it's still the same god so so i often have to like put down my flesh and be like okay so they didn't sing this run like the like the original singer sang it but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna cling to the words because the lyrics are uh, it's the heart behind the lyrics and not the actual lyric Mm -hmm. and so i love that during bcf whenever we say like we always say, like, even if you don't know the song, pray. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even if you don't know the song, catch on to the lyrics. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the words. It's about the heart behind the words. So yeah. I'm glad we've gotten comfortable with each other in that sense, too. Because sometimes we'll be singing a song at BCF. And, you know, somebody, whoever's leading will be on a run. And I'll be expecting to, like, go low. And then they go high or the other way around. And so my voice will, like, stick out. And I get that little twinge of, oh, oopsies. Like, that was awkward. <laughs> and then I'm like, is it really awkward, though? Or right. are we all just here to praise God? We're like. <laughs> seriously mm. i love that we love that about music yes. songs and stuff mm-hmm. yeah so question um bcf whenever we went to the national conference oh and just for those listening so when we say bcf just straight bcf we have a bible study at our school and that's whenever we like that's what we're talking about when we say bcf but bcf national national conference was like when all of the bcf branches came together mm. so like at our bcf no, no 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 at the main bcf whenever we went like you got exposed to deliverance and speaking in tongues and the holy spirit touching people and they're like screaming and falling out Mm. like so what was that like for you so (laughs) it was definitely like a shock not because i didn't know that it was a thing that happened like we had talked about it in berea bcf before um but because i was just amazed at the scale god was doing it on Mm. and then even after that i was still like oh well that's that's not gonna happen to me like that's that's <laughs> not me I'm just here to like worship and praise and you know when I ended up going into to that deliverance it was because I had come to worship and praise and I couldn't worship and praise because I had that that like blockage yeah. and so getting delivered and being able to like get over that blockage was um it was a really crazy experience yeah. it was a little scary it was a little exciting it was a little more scary <laughs> um, yeah. overall I'm really glad and grateful that I got to experience that and even just I know it's only been like a week or two but like my entire life has shifted my entire life has changed um yeah it was I was glad I had the little bit of prep that I did yeah but it was still very like scary especially yeah. because I wasn't used to my body being so physically involved in my spiritualness mm. if that makes sense you know can you like break that down yeah so um 
normally if I get on my knees to pray, it's because I want to get on my knees and I want to show God that I'm being like obedient or submissive. And in this situation at conference, I didn't have any control. I fell to my knees. I ended up like at one point, I think I was holding my breath. Like I wasn't making the decisions that my body was making. I was screaming, not because I just wanted to make a loud noise, but because my body was like fighting against itself to get those emotions out, to get that passion out. And so not having full control was, uh, yeah a scary experience for me um but also being obedient and that and following along with with that and what was going on I think was also very healing to me um and it was interesting because that obedience unlocked a lot of um, a lot of potential and like a gift too so when they took me back to the prayer room in the back um I was in there and they were all praying over me all the prayer leaders and you yeah um at one point I remember I opened my mouth and I started speaking in tongues it just started pouring out of my mouth I was I was like, God, I have things to tell you and I don't know what words to use. And he's like, here, I'll give you a language that makes sense. Wow. And it just started coming out. And I was like, wow, that is so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. So. That, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> that makes me so like, wow. Yeah, it was really amazing. And, you know, once that blockage was gone and it was just God in my heart, it was just God having control of my soul. I was able to spend the next two and a half days of conference being filled up with just God without the enemy saying, Hey, Hey, you you don't need to know that. Or, Hey, this doesn't apply to you. No, it was, it was quiet. It was peaceful. It was just God. Mm. And I really, really loved that. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I have no words right now. Like I'm just like in awe. I love it whenever like someone comes to like the saving grace of Jesus Christ, but Mm -hmm. then also whenever they receive deliverance, Mm -hmm. because like, a lot of churches don't focus on it anymore or they say like that's something that happened in the old testament or the new testament mm-hmm. only jesus casted out demons back then we don't do that now but it's just like <laughs> i don't know i feel like everybody needs deliverance that's just my yes. like even i need deliverance and i remember yeah. one of the first times that i got deliverance it was like through a screen nobody laid hands on me it was my friend that was praying for mm-hmm. me and uh, i remember like the fear that was trembling because i had laid hands on somebody and they had been delivered in the past but like I was like me like me needing deliverance and Mm -hmm. the idea of deliverance um and like the idea that like oh there are demons inside of me and they make me do these things it's so scary yeah but then when you think of it through like god's point of view it's more like you have these demonic influences that tell you this that make you do this Mm -hmm. and it causes you to sin and it causes you to drift away from me and i need to take that out of you and so i've been called as a deliverance minister to like lay hands on people and like like i like to snatch those demons out of you just because it's like it's a purification and a detoxing detoxification Mm -hmm. detoxification Detoxification. okay (laughs) it's a detoxification and so like i remember even like one of the first times that i got delivered it was just you hear about these things you see them happen to other people but until it happens to you Mm -hmm. you're like what in the heck like like i understand what you say when you say like you're not in control of your body because i remember i started manifesting like a snake and like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I wish this was gonna go deep. Uh, I'll keep it light, but um. No, you're good. It was. I started manifesting a snake where like, like the person told me not to pray, just to receive the deliverance. So they're praying for me, and like I'm hearing all these voices. And mind you, I'm so used to hearing voices in my head. I'm like, oh, it's whatever. But then when he was able to pinpoint a certain spirit. And that connected to a voice that was in my head. I mm-hmm. was so shocked. He was like, spirit of blink, 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 blink. Yeah. And then I would, my, like, my body would respond a certain way to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, and it, I'm conscious in the back of my mind. So I'm like taking a backseat. Yep. And I'm like, why am I shaking my head? Why am I mm-hmm. saying this? Why am I laughing? Like, 
it's so weird yeah i remember like kind of again like you said in the back of my head like knowing that these things were going on and so i remember connecting those dots but also just having to sit back and watch like kind of this the spiritual like battle going yeah, on like yeah. god's pulling and it's like in the back of my mind i know god's gonna win but it's so scary to see that there is an enemy that wants me to yeah and to be able to just like sit there and to process what's going on but to not have control over it was yeah. a different experience and you know i'd convince myself i was like i'm a christian i there's no way i have like demons inside right. of me what is that like yeah. i'm a christian mm-hmm. and god is like is that is that pride i hear Ooh, what is, what's that pride come out now, <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. and it, exactly whenever they would start saying specific things i was like you know i would either be like whoa how do they know that or i'd be like wow god really connected like this specific phrase to this specific thing that happened two weeks ago and it's two weeks ago i would have never made that connection yeah but now that i was in that situation and god is pulling all these things together and it's like wow he really was paying attention like he's building all these storylines yeah uh, yeah it's so good deliverance it's such a it's such an uh, it's, it's an amazing thing although i feel like because of like i don't know youtube we've probably seen the scarier mm-hmm. side of things like you see somebody and they're manifesting you're just like oh my gosh i praise that that never happens to me but it's like coming to Bree, it's taught me that deliverance doesn't always have to be dramatic yeah <laughs> like that's one thing that i was deceived about i always thought that i had to be like like i don't know flopping around like a fish out of water in order to get deliverance but like there are moments where like i confess something that happened to me a long time ago or something that i've done and i'm just crying and i'm crying and i'm crying uncontrollably and that alone for me was deliverance like just confessing something that i've been through that was deliverance on its Mm -hmm. own for me i noticed that too there was i had that really like dramatic crazy deliverance experience on the first day of bcf and then on our last night there uh one of my friends came up to me and okay so for context we were it was during worship we were about to go home it's Mm. so late at night i was tired and i told god i was like okay we've probably got like 20 more minutes i'm just gonna sit and pray because i think that's okay and i'm just i'm tired like my voice is tired and so i sat down and i'm praying to god and i'm feeling really connected and my friend sam comes up to me and he's like hey hey i have a word for you and i was like god i'm so tired why are you doing this another one yeah another one and um his word was about forgiveness and i was like surely i've forgiven everybody and i he was like i just i think you should go talk to uh one of the prayer ministers and i was like okay you know i'm really exhausted but i guess i'll go do it and then when i went and we were praying and i realized that there were people in my life that i hadn't forgiven that was also deliverance because Mm. when i got that out of me that that spirit of like not forgiveness not if it was a spirit but you know Mm, what i'm trying to say like that lack of forgiveness in my heart being able to get past that was also a type of deliverance and it wasn't i wasn't flopping on the floor like a flesh and i was breathing you know (laughs) but that was also definitely deliverance and so it was really great to have both sides of that too and that helped to take away some of the feelings of fear that i had still had about the day before yeah that is so good that is so good I kind of what you mentioned of like not even knowing if it's like a spirit of unforgiveness. I think that's why it's so important why like the Bible just says, well, let me say God says to forgive mm-hmm. and he won't forgive him unless you, he won't forgive you unless you forgive him. I think it's so crucial because like as a Christian, like <laughs> I keep saying, as a Christian, <laughs> like it's just, it's a mandatory thing because I don't think we realize how much unforgiveness actually hurts mm-hmm. us because like we start to grow bitterness in places that we didn't think we were going to be bitter about. We start to hold on to things so that, like, the next person that does something, it hurts us so bad. And they don't even know that they're doing it. And mm-hmm. this is how, like, trauma happens. Because things happen mm-hmm. and we hold on to it. And so the next person that comes, we think that they're coming with the same motive, even though they're not. Yeah. But, like, when you're able to forgive and heal, like, not just forgive and, like, keep it pushing. But, like, mm-hmm. forgive and heal and learn how to not fall back into that. It just, it helps us take on a new perspective of life and to not hold grudges. And so... 
like <laughs> deliverance 101 one of the main things that like they'll tell you to do let's say if someone is trying to deliver you from a spirit and nothing is happening they'll say there's something that you're holding on to because the enemy loves 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 to hold on to unforgiveness yeah he's like you got melissa 10 years ago you haven't forgiven that person for it so i'm holding on to that because in moments of weakness or in moments of like like anger and stuff like that it's not a sin to be angry. It's not a sin to be sad. But what you do in that affects how you move forward. Mm-hmm. And so going back to, I think, is it Ephesians 6.32? I don't know if it's 6.32. But Ephesians, um, the Bible says, um, be angry, but do not sin. Sin in your do, anger, yeah. Do not sin in your anger. And do not let the sun go down in your anger. It is so natural to be angry. Even God gets angry. But a lot of times when we sin in our anger, that's when we invite these spirits. That's when we invite these evil influences into our lives. So that even though, let's say the day the day passes, the sun sets down on your anger and the next day comes, you've now allowed something into you that permits you to, well, he cheated on me, so I'm going to slash his tires. Now, I mean, you could be angry that he cheated on you, but I'm slashing his tires because that was a bigger situation. Yeah, So, but just three of them, so you get the insurance check. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Have you slashed tires before? Mm declined to comment no i'm just kidding i've never done that um but i definitely have like responded to people because of a lack of forgiveness that maybe i didn't even know i had so sometimes when you know somebody says something to me and it's particularly like triggering like it triggers my like anger response or my frustration and sometimes i'm like why did that why did that make me feel that way usually this would be fine um usually i can sit down and look back and be like oh that's because i didn't forgive the last person that did this and so it's kind of been stewing and so this on top of that and i've been holding on to it is i'm giving it too much room in my heart like Mm. i need to let go of this i need to forgive and to heal from that so that next time this happens i have the tools ready to Mm. respond appropriately and to not sin against them by you know responding with hateful words or you know, being passive aggressive. Okay, <laughs> being passive aggressive. Oh my gosh, like we do this all the time. We're like, oh yeah, I've forgiven them already. But then it's just like we still act a certain way towards mm-hmm. them. And that's like just to show that you didn't actually forgive them. And I think like we need to do more like practice on how to practically forgive people because it's easy to say, oh yeah, I've forgiven them. But like I realize forgiveness is a daily thing because yeah. what the enemy will love to do is remind you of things where even the way your mind works is that it, it's probably still going to go back to those places. Mm-hmm. And the enemy will use that to be like, oh, you haven't forgiven them. Oh, they did this to you. So it's like, let's say you stepped on my toe. <laughs> forgive me the first time. You stepped on my toe again. And I'm like, Abigail, I told you the first time. Don't step on my toe. <laughs> step on it again. And I'm like, okay, I've forgiven you. But let's say we're in two different places and I'm thinking, I can't believe she stepped on my toe. <laughs> like the enemy would be like, you didn't forgive her. You know what? She gonna keep stepping on your toe and da 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 and make a whole thing out of it. Yeah. But it's like, on Tuesday when I don't see you, I have to forgive you for stepping on my toe. Yep. On Wednesday when I do see you, mm-hmm. I have to forgive you for stepping on my toe <laughs> and keep that, you know, in my mind. But then again, I'm still going to move with wisdom and not, you know, probably... Don't if put I your see, feet so close to me. Yeah, like, move with wisdom. Like, I've forgiven you and, you know, I haven't forgotten what has happened, so I'm going to learn from it, but I'm not going to hold it against you. That makes sense. But don't step on my toe. Yeah, I'll try not to step on your toe. But if I do... Hey, I forgive you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hmm. So lots of deliverance, lots of forgiveness, lots of healing. You know, we talk about a lot of like church hurt and how church hurt causes people to to switch the churches they're in a lot or to just stop going to church altogether. And, you know, I I totally like I see that happening. And I had a little bit of church hurt. And one thing that I got from the BCF conference was a healing to a lot of that, a healing to, hey, if if church hurt you in some way, like that doesn't mean that that was God, that that was the construct of church that hurt you. Um, and so I really liked that about the conference too. It was, it was very healing. It was very emotionally like 
just there was an emotional release of all the things I thought church was supposed to be, yeah. all the boxes I thought I had to check, everything I thought I had to wear and say and do. Yeah. Um, and to just go there and be able to be like, this is God, and this this is me, and this is God. That yeah. was really beautiful. I do like that one thing that um, Uncle George would say is that like leave your denomination at home like Mm -hmm. like we're not coming to do denominations (laughs) because even though we're all christians some denominations believe that you know like what the example that he used um saturdays and sabbath some believe that sundays and sabbath regardless of what it is we're on this conference saturday friday saturday and sunday so regardless of what you believe we're coming to do the bible like you and your denomination might believe that the bible says it this way and you guys might believe it this way but like we're sticking to the bible Mm -hmm. and that's one thing i just love about bcf is just that like regardless of how you feel about it or what your grandfather told you or what your parents told you like or even what your pastor said this is the bible this is how we're doing it so that's 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 yeah yeah i love that yeah Hmm. (laughs) i'm at a loss for words i really don't have anything else to say to be honest i know i'm just amazed by everything that's been happening and i'm really glad that i got to talk even right now and just process through all of this and to continue and just revel in the glory and the beauty of what it means to be a christian i.e a follower of christ and i really appreciate like you honestly because like i feel like i've coming to kentucky i i was made aware by like other people that like you're going to the school (laughs) where it's like hey this home of the kkk and all these things (laughs) i'm like you know be careful because they're gonna be looking at you sideways and so it's like i didn't like that i came to kentucky with that mindset but then it's just like at the end of the day like it's a predominantly white space it's a predominantly white school and i thank you for never making me feel like i was black if that makes sense like yeah i just felt like me and I, i'm me in my own skin and every time i talk to you like i think it amazes me of like we're just each other like yeah. oh, like there's this um saying that we're not is it humans having a spiritual experience where spirits having yes, a, a human, human experience. experience and when i think about that it's like i'm not my skin color i'm not even like in that sense i'm not even african i'm just <laughs> who i am and who god has made me to be and i just happen to be born as an african in italy and i just happen to live in georgia and you just happen to be this girl that happened to be born in ohio ohio yes which is our experience that happened to so i just love that we can connect on that space besides like culture besides color besides all those things and like even just having this like church experience and mm-hmm. it, it, it just i just i just love it i think you're being so open-minded about like everything yeah and thank you for just I, I love the way that we connected so close so quick and just i think that it does have a little bit to do with that like supernatural love that is in both of us and yeah. the ability to look past all of those things and to just to just be with each other to just you know enjoy each other's presence and friendship amen <laughs> awesome so i guess that's the end of this podcast uh thank you all so much for listening um this was really good yeah that was great like i feel like the lord (laughs) took this wherever he wanted to go oh man so thank you so much for listening i hope that you really really enjoyed this um this is sab this is abigail and we're out peace see ya yeah so real quick ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says be angry and do not sin so yeah i just wanted to um correct that okay bye